0: Hi, well, welcome to the Xbox World Podcast. Uh, there's an, we got an extra special guest today because his Mac just died and he ain't got anything better to do. So, uh, so Jem's come along. Uh, we'll introduce ourselves and then uh, then we'll go on. I'm Tim, the editor.
1: I'm Jem, the production editor.
2: Uh, I'm Matthew, staff writer. And I'm alright. What are you doing?
0: Hey! Hey! hey, hey. The, uh, this week?
3: Because
2: last podcast you were actually Matthew as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, I said the wrong name. Let's yeah, that's, that's
1: not... that's right. As you were staring deeply into his eyes. Let's
3: not dread at the past. Let's not dread
0: up. Let's just talk about the future.
1: We just call him the Gapper.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to chat about Xbox and all the usual stuff. And I'm sure we'll have a few other bits and bobs to... Uh, to chin wag about. Mike's brought notes this week, so um I don't I'm know whether that's so ominous games. or um or just a sign that he's got lots <clears throat> to talk about.
3: I'm playing a lot of games, Tim. A lot of games.
0: Like what? Well Well there's this one, there's this woman I saw on the street and I pulled her into a bus shelter. <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: not a game. It's a, serious it's a game day. Nah, no, it's more like a sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Um yeah, so okay, I've been playing as everyone <laughs> we should I've been anticipating I'm playing Total War Empire. Yep. Uh, Street Fighter Four. Yeah, Total War Empire. I've been getting really stuck into it. I'm not playing as fast as a lot of people are because I have a job to do. Thanks very much. But um, I'm I'm sort of at about the halfway point. I'm halfway through the 17th century, uh, the 1700s, and um, I'm about to give the whole of India a taste of British steel. I found a, uh, a little section of India that is being run by a small or group rather than a big one. So you see, for example, if I go into India, just like, just wade on in. Then they'll just reinforce us and loads and loads of guys after me. But there's one little group of guys who are isolated. They don't have any involvement with anyone else. So those guys, they're getting it. Tonight, they're going down. Now, over the course of the game, I've been, like, so I was chatting to someone about this and someone, uh, a, friend, a friend of mine was saying, so I don't quite understand this game. It sounds to me like, you know, you have the entire world of war available to you. And, you know, it kind of is that way. Before I even thought about sending my armies into India, I sent in a bunch of uh, missionaries first to start converting the populace to my religion and to spy on the towns, see how big the armies were and so on. Get the lay of the land, see how fast I can move my armies over the terrain, learn, out where, learn where all the big cities are and so on. Um, you know, you send in your spies to assassinate people and sabotage things so that when you actually do get to fight them, they can't recruit so many men to use against you and so on. It's a ridiculously deep game. Someone earlier in the week said, you know, this is a game which proves that more is often more and you can you can just do so much. The map is so huge. I don't think I've played the game in a long time when I first turned it on. I haven't played the game since probably the late 80s where I turned the game on and was daunted by the task ahead. The map is that big. Just taking America took me you know, 25 years to which some people are probably going to say, well, that's, that's far too long. But I mean, just taking America, you start off with the colonies and they, they claim they'll join you if you take care of their know their their native problem so it means you, you i mean it's called total war empire so it means you have to do some of the more shady parts of you know empirical history which is involves in some cases like you know total genocide so you you're you're pushing through america and driving out driving out the locals in favor of your colonies it's you know and of course the spanish are doing the same the french are doing the same i'm at a point in the game now where the spanish have the biggest navy in the world have the biggest army in the world and then the Ottoman Empire controls most of the world, so it's everything's really divided up. It's a ridiculously good game. It's uh, it's exactly what Total War should have been. I mean, you get a lot of people complaining it's not historically accurate, but... Who God, cares? Who cares, as long yeah. as it's fine. It doesn't matter, does it really? It's um, vaguely
0: historically accurate. It's vaguely
3: historically accurate. Yeah. Every nation wears the same uniforms to battle, just in different colours, which is a problem, apparently. But, you know... i I didn't really notice that as a problem. So and do you
0: need do you need the world's biggest PC to run it, then? You do
3: need a beast of a PC. I, I've heard people running it on tiny, tiny, puny rigs, but I wouldn't want to do it that way. And you need some serious grunt to play it, because even on my machine, which is a, a monster of a machine, it's ridiculous, it's got, I think I've got 8 gig of RAM, and, uh, 4850 um, graphics card, and the processor's not huge, but the processor's doing the job. And even now, I've got loading times that are long enough that I can sneak a couple of rounds of Street Fighter in right every now and again like it's not i mean you normally you're talking like a 30 second load time so i normally what i do is like, before i enter a battle i do a little search for a game on street fighter and and then play that while uh while it's on the um the poll screen and then i'll jump into a battle because i have been just a junkie just a fiend for games this last week
0: yeah and uh matt you do um
2: much? i've been playing a, a few things racking up the achievements um,
0: That's all you care about.
2: That's all I care about. You're, you're the you're, you're like you're,
0: you're the Sam Allardyce <laughs> of uh, gaming. You're anti-gaming, like he's anti-football. <laughs>
2: I'm anti-gaming. I'm, I'm all about the points. Um, so I've been playing Eat Lead, which is which out is now, awful. Which is not very good. Um, we're reviewing it in our next issue. Um, yeah, it's we probably should be, best you hold off buying it until.
0: Yeah, we should probably point out to readers that um, the reason we're going to be quite late with that is because, as with anything, where the game is. Uh, slightly less good than it should be. We tend to get review code further on down the line, and that was certainly the case here. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's fair to say not buy it, Matt, really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's partly that and partly the fact that we've just been laughing non-stop at all the clever jokes. That's right, oh, yeah. yeah. It, just it has been, been very time. clever.
0: Absolutely hilarious, just some of the gags. Like that one. Oh, oh. oh, wait a minute, there are no gags in it. No, you said you found one, there was one good joke I, I in think
2: it. I think there are a couple of times that I... I didn't even chuckle, but I thought, yeah, that's clever. But you can, yeah, there aren't enough. To like, I'll tell you, you what, can't count them on your I fingers. I have to
1: admit, I, I did slightly change the wording of something you wrote. You said, "You said there are some good gags in there," and I had to change it to, "There are some gags in there."
2: No, no, no there are some good gags, good gaming gags in there, but literally about five. The thing is, you can't
3: make a game which is bad and then <laughs> charge forty pounds for it and then tell everybody how bad it is? Nah. Yeah. Because then the joke's on them. Yeah. The, joke <laughs> isn't, the joke isn't on you as a developer. The joke isn't on other games that you're parodying.
2: The joke's on the fools who bought it. Basically, it's like, hey, look at all these rubbish things all games do. And then, hey, look at how we'll do that as well. It's, it's like, like I was saying, if they'd done like... Is the guy's like, hey, is this the boring tutorial? And they were like, yep. Well, if,
3: <laughs> if instead you'd gone in and said, hey, is this the boring tutorial? And then the the guy was like, nope! And then just spawned like 200 bad guys who all just steamrolled you at once. And then they were like, ah, looks like you needed that tutorial after all. Yeah. Then that would have been a halfway decent gag. As it stands, I don't think...
0: There's some weak stuff in
3: there. What it strikes me,
1: it's like a game, it's like they were creating a really boring generic shooter and halfway through they had a big meet and said, what are we going to do with this game? Because we've got nothing. We've got no ideas here. And said, all right, let's make it a parody. And they stick in like three jokes throughout the entire running time. And that makes everything okay because they know it's generic. I tell you what, rubbish. some
2: strong achievements. I got 60 points for watching the credits from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and these
2: are credits that you can watch from the main menu when you first turn it on. Please so, tell me you want to make a cup of tea. While I, I, I was, was talking, I, I put them on and then I'll turn around and talk to John Stripe for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 60 points for watching the credits. You get an achievement for... Um, beating the interrogation minigame because there is no interrogation minigame. And the achievement is something like, what? where's the interrogation minigame? Oh, we've removed it. <laughs> and then there's another achievement that is like exactly the same. I can't remember what it is now, but it's exactly the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you finish the game and you get the multiplayer madness achievement. And they're like, what? No multiplayer? Oh, well, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no,
0: dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. The other thing um, that I noticed about it was that, oh, old, old Shat Hazard, the main character... Runs like he's had a stroke. He does. (laughs) He's really worrying.
2: He's He's like like one
0: one side of him is completely dead as he's running (laughs) running around. So he's kind of like leaning over to the left the whole time.
3: What about the chicks who you shoot them and then they bend over
2: and then you you,
3: you have to run up to them and literally punch them in the ass. And
0: then I got the
2: achievement saying, eat fist. (laughs) uh, So you're going fisting women to death. You
0: put, you occasionally
2: put. headbutting them, and uh, and yeah, you can <laughs> you can complete the entire game by basically edging up to the side of cover, like not locking to cover, but just standing by cover, and then pointing your gun through cover and shooting people. That's
0: good. Bad, bad stuff.
2: But so anyway, that's uh,
0: been, both
2: Matt and I have been playing a really good game. This just this last week,
3: yeah.
0: a, a seriously good game. I was game. going to mention that.
2: Wanted. Yeah. Weapons of fate. Um, which Weapons might, of fate. Might Weapons are great, more like. M- might you review that for us? I've yep. been reviewing it for someone else actually. Um, mm. Really, really good game.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Except it's not, is it? In, in, it's no. Not, it's, it's not a good game. It's really badly made. I don't know. I, um, it has the worst. It has screen tearing in the lowest resolution cutscenes I think I've ever seen. Maybe,
2: but the the important thing is the game. Like the game in how it plays. I, I i mean i, I can't I'm not going to say I could not fault it because I definitely can' fault it, but it's just fun fun from start to finish I think we need to, I, I think we fun. need to get stuck into what's wrong with it
3: first like this game is a technical shambles, it loads constantly like every every two or three minutes of play you have to load in the next section it's not got many great ideas, but what it's got
2: is a lot of great gimmicks it's got the best cover system I've seen in the game
3: outside of gears yeah
2: for sure no i th- I think it's better than gears. I actually think no, it's, nah, a it's too custom. flimsy. You don't lock the cover
3: hard enough. It's it, it, it's not. It's very often I find myself trying to lock the cover and it just wasn't having any of it. I don't know. But I the actual cover the chaining the, the system chain. is brilliant. Well,
2: that's what I'm talking about. Chaining mm. from piece cover to piece cover. Uh, oh yeah, that gears, be the, the next benchmark. gears needs to steal it for sure. I
3: mean, the next gears award definitely needs to steal and it. And the
2: bullet curving mechanic is fantastic. Now
3: I was watching the um the movie of Wanted because I played the game on Friday, and finished it on Friday after starting it on the morning. Finished it just after lunch. It's not a long game. But what it is, is a lot of fun for the short time you play it. I mean, it really is lots and lots of fun. It's completely mindless. It's just bang, 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 shitty, shitty, bang, bang, all the way through. But if you've charged, if you bought Fade to Bought 50, so if you bought this game for £50, you'd be upset. Yeah. You'd be disappointed. But if you bought it for the price of two cinema tickets or a DVD, it'd be worth getting. I think this is when you're either going to have to hope someone starts selling it for £25 or. Pick it up on eBay a little bit down the line, because it's not by no means a premier quality game. This is this isn't a, you know a filet mignon. This is a it's a greasy burger, but a delicious greasy burger which you will munch through real real quick.
2: A Burger King rodeo burger.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's like you know the, the lettuce is a bit limp,
2: you know, and oh, there's no lettuce in rodeo burgers. Well, onion rings <laughs> and burger and barbecue sauce. I
3: wouldn't know, Matt, because I eat grown up food. <laughs>
2: Um, so it's got, uh, it's
3: got, you know, it's got a, a limp lettuce in there. It's not, the, the beef isn't great. The bun's a bit wet, but you know what? You still enjoy it because a good cheese, a good burger is a good burger. You know, a, a, an average burger, still a good burger. This is a very average burger, but it's still a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um... Getting get mixed up with a
0: burger metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and I was playing through the lettuce. I mean, the uh, levels. And then there was a tomato. I mean wasn't the mixed gun. up at all. I think no, it
3: no, no, was you guys who got messed up. No, I, I laugh at your messing. I'm gonna kill We've also been
2: it. playing um, Tomb Raider Underworld. Or, well, the DLC for yeah. Tomb Raider Underworld. Now, Beneath the Ashes, I think we we're both in agreement, was a good piece of DLC. Not yeah, too good. a good level. But quite good. Lara's Shadow, however. Hmm, how about you make a level and you think. You know what, guys? We haven't quite got enough of this game. What should we do? And then some bright spark in the corner goes, "How about they play it again?" Yeah. So you play the same level twice. Yeah, you do. It's really? Slightly different. You yeah. You
3: do. You just play it twice. They they just reuse the entire room. You play through this big room, activate this machine, leave. Then it plays a cutscene. Then it puts you back right where you began. So you got to run down all the same corridors again, where all the traps have been sped up slightly.
2: And fighting the same blooming idiots. Yeah, you're yeah.
3: fighting these just fighting endless streams of fools. And then you go back into the machine and then you have to dismantle the machine. <laughs> so yeah, not very good, is it? No, it's, it's I don't it's know apparent. how it happened to be honest. I really don't know how that how a company like Crystal Dynamics, who have so many good ideas, if you look at the Thailand stage, how mm. good that stage is, and they've got so many great ideas, how they can make that and then a month or two later make something so inspired. Yeah. And this this hit me all the way through the game of playing Underworld, and I really liked Underworld. But constantly, there were so many bad design decisions. Like, if you in modern games, if you die once, you know you you, desire, you had it coming. If you die twice, why well, you should have learned your lesson first time. If you die ten times in a row, it's just bad design. At that point, there's someone someone of the designers messed up, and there are so many traps in that last piece of DLC where they just sped up to the point where the window of opportunity is so small that you get it even slightly wrong, you're dead, and that's not fun. That's in, in, by no end's estimation is that fun. It's, and of course, your reward for getting through all of those traps is to play the same room you've played before, mm. which again isn't fun. If they had charged you know, 800 points a pop for levels as good and as large as the Thailand level, and their engine's so good, why wouldn't they want to show it off with amazing outdoor environments? I don't know why of, there
2: are more outdoor environments, to be
3: honest. It's, they just may have really messed up. Especially since when you consider it for those two pieces of downloadable content which costs 800 points each, 1,600 points total. Oh, you can get the GTA downloadable content, which is another thing I've been playing this week and something I absolutely despise. I absolutely hate it. Oh, are we have We reviewed it in our magazine, and our reviewer likes it very much, and I agree with him. It's a great piece of content. It's amazing. The con- is so rammed with stuff. But I just simply can't get over the guy I'm supposed to be. I just can't no. get over him. He's vile. He's just... I'm sorry, I'm sure. He's... um. He's just the most vile, morally reprehensible character in I've ever played as in a
1: game. I thought the idea was that he was supposed to be cleaning up the act of the bikers, and it was his boss, well, if the you, gang leader. If leaders. you consider
3: cleaning up, you know, doing less murders but more <laughs> drug dealing, yeah, then then yeah, <laughs> at least
0: he's not killing people, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> indirectly. <laughs> he's
3: just a truly vile. Like I mean, when you play, when I first played as Nico, I was kind of like, oh, guy, well, this guy sort of got himself in a bad situation. So, you know, I'll, I'll help him get out of it, you know? He sort of, mm. you, feel, you sort of empathise with him. You're like, oh, this guy's in a bad way. But then, of course, as the game goes on, you soon end up having to, you know, kidnap innocent people and bundle mm. them in the back of your car. And it's like, by the end of the game, yeah, okay, Nico is a complete men- mentalist, or so he's a sociopath. But this dude is... Maybe at least by that point, you've built up some kind of a bond with Nico. You sort mm. of become a, a sociopath with him, you know? Mm. This guy from minute one is a, is just a beast. He's just a monster from minute one. And... You know, it's this guy... It's, it's, the, the thing that she, you know, the guys from Rockstar could always say is, well, you know, the game doesn't ever... You know, you're not, you don't have to be a monster. You know, you don't have to gun down every cop, you see. You don't have to murder all the prostitutes, you see. You can, you can play it, you know, you can play it almost legitimately. Not, you're still, you still have to be a criminal, but you can play it as, you know, less of a monstrous criminal. You don't have to be Jack the Ripper. Yeah. In this game, no, you have to be, you know, you have to be Ted Bundy from minute one. You're just a beast. He's a, he's a horrible character, and he's not a character I want to play So even though I sat and played it for four hours and enjoyed the missions, I dislike the
2: character so much I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to see the end of it. Are you playing that? Matt? Um, n- not enough, actually. I've been playing multiplayer mode of that more than anything. Um, I haven't really got stuck into the DLC story yet. I only did a couple of missions and then got sidetracked with other stuff, such as <clears throat> trivia Pursuit. Uh, <laughs> we had a, we had a game of that
1: in the office, two, yeah, in the
2: office, which Matt won.
1: Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't finish the game. We didn't
3: finish nah. the game, but we just did decide whoever had the most wedges by that time Yeah, I already right, had him. five wedges. Yeah, I think and then one had great four, big two, wedgie honestly. from all of us. It was ridiculous, though. Matt rolls the dice, lands on a wedge. You're like, oh, that's lucky. Gets the answer right. Rolls the dice again, lands on a roll again, square. Rolls the dice again, lands on a wedge. You're like, oh, that is lucky rolls a dice again, lands on a question square, gets the question right, rolls again, lands on a wedge. Every two dice rolls, he was landing on a wedge.
1: <laughs> and we worked out what the game costs double the amount of going out and buying Trivial Pursuit that you could just play with your friends. Yeah. If you have any.
2: Some nice variations <laughs> on, on the main mode, though. But um, it should be like an Xbox Live Arcade game, really. Like Xbox Live Arcade is... The, the marketplace is perfect for Yeah, that I see no game. reason not to charge... I mean, even
3: if you charge 1,200 points for it, like, you know... Mm. Bang it out, get out on the Same marketplace. Same as Monopoly. You know, why, Look at the why? great games that are on the marketplace. Catan, Carcassonne. These are really good games, like seriously good games. And 800 points a pop. Mm. You know, that's, that's a great deal. Carcassonne was free for a while. I mean, that's incredible. Carcassonne's one of the most respected games mm. to come out of Germany. It's a fantastic game. So, 40 quid for a Trivial Pursuit. And I mean, I know in this day and age you'll probably find it for 30 quid, but even at yeah. that price. Because they pick up a board for 25.
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's not even like they bundled it with Monopoly. Mm. <laughs> like there's a couple of months
1: Right in between the mouse That would have been good as well All on one disc That would have been fantastic You could uh,
2: You
3: could make a you could make mousetrap On the Wii And use the controls To like, actually build the set
1: no, but then Did to anybody touch ever a Wii. actually
3: play Did any of you guys ever play mousetrap Or did you just build it up And then say I think I just built oh, it we up I played it at
1: yeah, some point Yeah I can't Even really we to, remember You used to put water In the actual bathtub as well So it was far more exciting it's Messy yeah. yeah There's
2: no giant hole In that bathtub what? No, there were two. Oh, no, that was... There, was two. Oh, okay. there was one
1: where the ball came through and another one. No, yeah, it was the pool at the end. There was an actual pool. The uh, yeah, there was.
3: you Sorry, Mike. Sorry, if you put too much water in there, it wouldn't set it off at all because it's too heavy at that point. It wouldn't take yeah. the vibration.
0: Pellet's just, like, talking to himself now. He's like, <laughs> when didn't you, like, fill it up with a, what, what, what? what? what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Having a nice little conversation with himself.
3: <laughs> we used to fill the little pool up at the end, the little, um, the little tub at the end with uh, Ghostbusters slime.
1: Oh, that would have been From better. The,
3: you know, remember the, um, the firehouse, the guest Western's firehouse, where you could pour the slime through the roof? No,
1: I don't remember that, because I never had one. You didn't have one? No, I, I wasn't, it was too expensive. But
3: that's okay, though, because you made up for it by meeting Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. I did.
1: I met Ray Parker Jr. Uh, last week, Did week you fight before. him? I didn't, but he's a big man. You yeah, wouldn't I think saw it in
3: the photo. He dwarfs you. He's,
1: yeah, well, I mean, I'm six foot, so he's, he's about six foot. He, with, with the silly hair, he's about six foot That's what six. I mean. That's why
3: you should have just call him out.
1: But he's like Mike Tyson. Massive. He looked like the Predator. You actually watch him in the music video, he just looks like Michael Jackson or something, this tiny little thing. That music but,
3: video, tell a story you told me about well, the music it. Video. I wish...
1: Uh, we went to see Ghostbusters at the Soho Hotel, um, and the first thing here, we went into the cinema, all us Games Journos, and it was dark and. They, Suddenly, the screen came alive, and it was the original Ghostbusters music video. Which, by the way, is one of the worst music videos ever. And it's just—we just pissed ourselves laughing all the way through it. It's, it's so a bunch cheesy. of like celebrities shouting Chase.
3: Ghostbusters at the camera and really having—not just it out. any celebrities though.
0: Yeah, um, Chevy Chase, the greatest comedian to ever walk the, the earth between the years of 1984 and 1986. And there's 1986. John Candy and Danny DeVito,
1: and it's just the cheat, and it's all this terrible eighties neon phones and things like that. And we were just laughing all the way through it. And the second it finished. The PR guy in charge stood up and said, Wait minute, Ladies something- and gentlemen, Mr. Ray Parker <laughs> Jr. And there he was in the front row. And just like, "Oh!" And God it wasn't awesome. like you were sort of oh,
3: laughing, like, huh, this sure is a wheeze. And it was like, this is shit.
1: We were pretty much just going... <laughs> <laughs> Pointing and laughing right. at the screen. And he was just like, great big grin. Hi, guys, it's me. Oh, dear. It's
3: me, Ray Parker Jr. from uh, Ghostbusters fame. <sighs> I bet Ray-, well, Ray was well up
0: for that. I bet he went... And everyone was sort of stared at him blankly, and he went, I ain't afraid of no ghost. they
1: went, Oh, it's that guy. Oh, I think that was the PR guy doing that. But no, it was still uh, one of the greatest days in my uh, long career in games journalism. Enjoyed so, it, yeah. didn't you?
3: Enjoyed it. It's, it's I, a shame they didn't get uh, the, the well, entire gang along.
1: It's not very, very usual that you go to a PR event and everyone's kind of happy because everyone was just really enjoying the game. There was like no, you know, you'd have to think hard to find. I mean, there are bad things about it. I don't know how much we want, you want to talk about this, but... No, go ahead and get no. into it. I mean, the, the bad bits <clears throat> about Ghostbusters on 360, you can't drive Ecto-1, which is a massive miss. You know, you want to be in control of Ecto-1 at some point.
3: Oh, but, well, The thing is, with we, the Ghostbusters game, we all sort of wanted the same thing, like a kind of GTA the Ghostbusters. Mm, yeah. yeah. yeah Ghostbusters theft auto, where it's yeah. like an open world, and you actually go on jobs, and every now and again, like a story mission interjects, but you can take like little side jobs busting ghosts. Do you want to know so? the
1: really annoying thing? What's that? you've got that on the Nintendo DS. Ah. The, the Nintendo DS version is pretty much like the old... You remember on the Spectrum hmm. where you were actually running Good the game. company and you had to go off and do these missions? That's what the DS is like. And uh, But at the same time, this is like the new movie. This is written by Alan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Yeah. It is Ghostbusters 3 and it's got... Bill Murray performing as Peter Venkman all this brand new dialogue Have you got to hear Bill
3: Murray do his dialogue now? Yes Because when we we saw it first they were only showing the lines between Ramis and Aykroyd
1: Oh right Well uh, apparently the the developers were saying that um, Bill Murray was just an absolute dream to work with because the whole thing about Ghostbusters is they've been trying to get back together and do stuff for 20 years now Mm. And Bill Murray was the only one who just refused to have anything to do with it. He said, no, it you're all so too old, old you're too it, yeah. fat, you can't fit the proton packs on anymore, I don't want to do it. But apparently he spent the whole day in there playing Peter Venkman in the voice booth, and he just came out whistling the theme music and said, when are we going to do another one of these? I don't know if it's because he's got huge tax bills, now he's 60 <laughs> or something. but uh, the, you know, Ghostbusters 3 is supposedly going into production this summer. And you watch if there isn't a, another game to tie in with that, which will be exactly what you look what you're looking for. Mm, right? I have so, yeah. I think it will be more like that. But no, it's uh, besides the fact that you can't play, you can't drive Vector one, and there's no drop in co-op, which there is on the Wii of all things, but but not on this. There's we we've, I mean, on 360 and, and PS3, you've got all loads of multiplayer uh, games, loads of different where you can actually play Peter, Ray, and Egon, and everything stuff that you can't do in the main game. So it's got loads more going on. Obviously, it goes without saying. It's far more than Nintendo. But, um, yeah, there's no, there's no co-op in game, and it follows the story. Um, but, uh, I don't know. With my fanboy hat on, it's late 90s. I really... It, it, is, it is just... I mean, it looks great. It's what? Late 90s.
0: What, 90%? Yeah. I thought we were talking about late 90s in <laughs> no, the year. No, I no, no. that's, stopped me. that's
1: stopped me, I was like... No, I'll give it 97, 98 with my fanboy hat on. I'll
3: give it a 7 out of 10 with yeah,
1: my Yeah, and then we'll 27%. <laughs> I realise I won't be reviewing it, but uh, <laughs> I, I cannot take my fanboy hat off. It's glued firmly to my head.
3: Tenuously speaking about the Wii, this weekend I've been playing Kororimpa 2. A mad world on the way. Oh, have you been yeah. playing do it you with think the 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 board. What? Coral is like a, it's a uh, yeah. marble rolling. Company. Have you been oh, trying right. it with the balance board? No, yeah. I haven't done. I haven't got a balance board because if, he uh, wants to buy Wii Fit. Eh? Because he wants to buy Wii Fit, exactly that. Um, but no, I, I've been playing um Impa 2. Great game. Love the first one. Sequel is just like everything the first one should have been. The first one had so few like mm. levels and it was no nothing in the way of like. I was going to say nothing in the way of story, but honestly, we didn't want the story, and we got <laughs> one in the
2: sequel. Um, it's like when they introduced the story to Super Monkey Ball. Yeah. Some games just don't need
3: stories. You don't need it. You just need a ball to roll around in some really good stages, and that's what it's got. It's a great game. Everyone should buy it. Everyone's going to sit there and think, that's not for me. No, this game of Korimpa 2 is for everyone. Grab it. I think it's called Ma- Korimpa Marble Mania, or possibly Kingdom, Marble Kingdom or something. I don't know. But it's a great game. Google's your friend. But I've also been playing Mad World, which I know you'd be interested in, Tim. Yeah, what do you think of that? Massively violent is what I think. Um, I think it's a bit
0: underwhelming from what I've seen of it. Um, it's it spunks its load too early, like being able to put some, being able to stick some guy on top of a spike and his guts shower you, like from minute one. I think is like spunking its load. It's, it should be it should be a build up. What it you're saying be... is
3: it's like Mortal Kombat. If you didn't have to fight to do the death. If moves. it yeah. was just
2: fatality after fatality, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, yeah.
3: Um Well. It's clearly made by the same guy who was working on God Hand. I think I'm right in saying that. It feels like yeah. feels a lot like God Hand. Um, except in God Hand you felt powerful if you were very good at the game. And it was a very hard game to get good at. And God Hand was a great game. But if, and if you got really good at it, the stuff you could pull off is incredible. There's stuff on YouTube which is just sick. If you... Um, if you're good at the game, you can make it look incredible. In Mad World, you don't have to be good at the game. You can make it look incredible from minute one by sticking a lamppost through someone's head and a bin on top of them and throwing them into a bin which slices them in half, like you know, or throwing or picking them up by their lapels and holding them in front of a train as it comes along. It's madness. I mean, it's brilliantly fun because it's so mad. But it's the same trick over and over and over. And the combo system isn't like very sophisticated so it's not like you can really mix up the fights mostly the, what, the mixing up comes from just deciding how you're going to dispatch mm. these people and what gory way you're going to dispatch them next now i have played it on the harder difficulty settings and that's where the real game comes in because on those levels they will kick your ass but on easy well on normal when you first begin the game you you just cut through them like a field of just like it's like a, basically it's like just playing going through weeds you're, you're slicing through them. It's like a, a field of. I think it was um, it's a who said like you know I don't like Dynasty Warriors kind of games because to me it's just like going through it to a field of cabbages and just slicing through loads of cabbages. It's much more fun when the things actually fight back. Well, on the normal difficulty setting in my world, nothing fights back. You're just you're just an unstoppable truck. It produces just gore everywhere you walk. On the plus side, it is funny and it is massively, massively violent. Two things which I do approve of. It's way funnier than Eat Lead. Let's say that. What did you think of it visually? I think it looks great. It really does it look great. gave me great. a bit of a headache after and That's the thing. When you can't watch someone play it, if you watch someone play it, you just cannot tell what's going on. But when you know one who's playing it and you're actually like, focusing on the important parts of what's going on mm. on screen, it's, it's kind of crystal clear what you have to do. Maybe not crystal clear. Also, I watched Wanted this weekend. It's all right. It's not a bad film. You know, Moving on. But because I've been playing on with Wii stuff, I was like, man, why didn't they do a Wanted game for the Wii? Where... Yeah. You, know, you, you actually you just like when you want to, to curve a bullet, you just like put the cursor over what you want to hit, hold the A button, and then just snap your wrist and hit the B trigger, and it like t- snaps the bullet whichever direction you you know you twisted your the controller. Probably need Wii Motion Plus for that. I it can it can detect rotation on the left mm. and the right, and that's all it needs to detect which which way you've twisted it. Is it, it curving the bullet right, or is it curving it left? You know, as long as it knows that, it can do the rest with the usual Wii jiggery pokery, where it sort of makes you makes you look good, but even though you haven't actually done anything good. It's, um, I think that would be great, but instead, we, you, you know, the 360 one, you just use the bumpers
2: to cover the bullets. Or a bumper and an analog stick. But it works. Yeah, it does The,
0: one, uh, the one interesting um, point about that is, is you've got these games like Mad World, House of the Dead, those kind of things. I mean, is Mad World out now? Uh, it's out oh, this, on this Friday. This week in America, no, Friday,
3: in, uh, in Britain, yeah, it's out in America. You've, got,
0: you've got games like this that are really, are really <clears> kind of pushing the envelope and are really sort of adult games and stuff, and they're exclusive to Wii. And House of the Dead absolutely sank without trace. And Mad World... I, Mad World will probably do all right, because it's had a, quite a lot of publicity. But I, I'm still kind of, I'm still wondering whether there's going to become a point where developers are like, all right, we's where we dump all the stuff like My Horse and Me and Cooking Mama and all that what? sort of stuff, which they do already. Mm-hmm. But whether they actually... Are, there is going to come a point where they say, all right, we're not spending two and a half years in development, developing Mad World. Well,
3: it's like we were saying in the office, why would you spend a few million dollars producing uh, conservatively a few million dollars producing House of Overkill which just say sells I don't know X number of copies and it, rather than sit there and produce some random quiz trivia game or some, some mini game collection which will take you tenth of the money to make half the time and will sell X minus maybe a few hundred thousand
0: yeah it's there must come a point where where developers sort of. Uh, I know that the Wii offers opportunities that the 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 other two machines can't. But um, is it worth? Like you say, is it worth spending? Ten, I mean, Mad World. I mean, that must have cost what ten million to make, fifteen million Big to gaming.
3: make. Big uh, God, it would
2: it would look so good on the three hundred and sixty and the PS three. It would look so good on those platforms. I remember seeing it um, when it was first announced. We went over to London. It was the big Sega Platinum games announcement. Yeah. We're sitting there thinking, Wow, they're like, Yeah, it's exclusive to Wii and like most of the heads in the
0: room just dropped. The thing thing is, if that costs fifteen million to make, there's no way they're gonna make fifteen million back on that from sales of the game.
3: Red steel as a as a like a benchmark, red steel costs ten million. So take take from that what you will.
0: You know, I just think it's I just think, personally, I think that you know the days of those sort of games coming out on the Wii may, may, be, may be on the decline. I think,
3: that's, I think that's probably true, but I can honestly say that my Wii has been used more in the last week than it has been in the last six months. Until Sega came along and saved my Wii, I had absolutely no reason to turn it on. Mm. So it's, it'll be a shame if yeah, that you don't see more of those games on the Wii, but to be honest, I would rather play Mad World on the 360 anyway. The controls mm. add very little to it. I mean, it's kind of fun where you know you're sort of snapping next to the controller and dumping stuff on people's heads and stuff. But honestly, it wouldn't have been any less fun. And I've noticed that as a trend with all of the Wii games, I love the most, they don't really benefit from mm. the from the the Wii's controller. Uh, the games which you think should be benefiting from the controller, games like Tiger Woods and so on, really don't either. I mean, golf games on the Wii just there's nothing natural about the swing you have to adopt and so on. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe the Motion Plus will, be, will f- fix a lot of things and it will really make the Wii the, the console we thought it was going to be when it was first announced. And then maybe we'll get some developers doing some really cool stuff with it. For now, most of the time, the waggle of the Wii remote is just a button press substitute. And would Mario Galaxy have been any worse if it had just been on the GameCube controller? I don't think so.
0: So you watched Wanted on the weekend, I right? I did. I watched 30 Days of Night.
3: James McAvoy, by the way, is the least convincing action hero of all time. I understand that's kind of the point, but...
1: Whoever was pretending to be him in the game is one of the most annoying things about the 360 game as well, that voiceover.
3: Oh, Jim, the right. I got this gun, and I'm going to shoot it at someone.
1: <laughs> and that's just what he sounds like all the way through.
3: Oh, Jem's spot on. Jem gets, Jim gets to sit next to every game we play in the office.
1: I, see, I don't play many, but I see pretty much everything.
3: Yeah. And, and it was sure enough banging out the impressions spot on for, for minutes after maybe oh you could God. do a, maybe you could do all the questions today in the style of James McAvoy fake <laughs> yeah. James McAvoy by the way because it's not the real James McAvoy yeah. in the game you do, somebody you hates do have James the real McAvoy. you do the have the real Terrence Stamp and you do have the real Peter Stormare who wasn't in the movie much to my disappointment
1: uh, I'm sure you could do it you could try Stamp
3: Mor- <laughs> Morgan Freeman's in the film and swears he does a swear we were talking about this in the office this morning, weren't yeah, we, Tim? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's unconvincing as a swearing man. Freeman swearing? He swear in Shawshank, didn't he? <clears> yeah, he swears, he but the thing is, is
0: that uh, presumably, in, in what I haven't seen the film wanted, but it presumably some sort of, sort of bad guy, is he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, oh, hang
3: on, that's a massive spoiler. Shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, actually,
0: the film's been yeah, out. The been yeah,
3: out the statute of limitations is over on that. He like, starts off as a goodie, he ends up as a baddie.
0: Um, and I was saying that in uh, Lucky Number Eleven, he's a he's a crime boss as well, which, by the way, is a rubbish film. Uh, is a crime boss as well, along with Ben Kingsley. Now, Kingsley, as we all know, can play himself a bit of uh, a bit of bad guys. We saw in Sexy Beast, brilliant in Sexy Beast, and also quite good in Lucky Number Eleven, probably the best bit. He's and fe- Thunderbirds, obviously, he's very course, yeah, obviously yeah. he's very intense. But uh, Freeman in Lucky Number Eleven, now that's one piss poor uh, piss poor <laughs> crime boss. He's so unconvincing. He's like the, the friendliest crime boss in the world. <laughs> just call me Red. <laughs> that's, that's, right.
3: that's the thing with Freeman. It's like, you know what? Well, that guy can act. That guy can, that guy can dish out some acting. Any movie he's in, she's coming with a warning says this film contains scenes of strong acting. But at the same time, he, um, he's, he's a nice guy. You look mm-hmm. at that face and you're just like, that isn't that, it? That I wish he was my granddad.
0: Yeah, and that's what he's like in a Lucky Number 11. He's like, here comes old Freeman. Here comes old... Morgan Red Freeman coming down the steps here he is there's no way he'll, he'll, he'll be alright he's an alright guy and you actually feel I, I don't know whether that's a spoiler as well <laughs> but I was going to say you feel sorry for him in the end but, uh, but anyway I watched 30 Days a Night on the weekend which is uh, have you seen that? no Oh, anyone else seen that? No. is that the Rob was Zombie it? film? No, that's the um, <laughs> one based on the comic book. Vampire. Uh,
3: Which one am I thinking of?
0: I've got the titles all mixed you up. You're thinking a House of a
3: Thousand Quarters? Yeah, I, I had a number in and I get confused when people present me with numbers, don't I, Matt?
0: <laughs> 30 Days a Night, then. Vampire Western. Uh-huh.
3: Quite good, actually. It's all... Um, you say Vampire Western and I think um, From Dust to Dawn.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. It's all set in Alaska. Oh. Where the sun goes down on this in this sort of town for thirty days, hence the title. Oh. And while the sun, when the sun goes down, the vampires attack the town.
3: I wouldn't live in that. And town. And it's up to
0: Josh Hartnett. Where they didn't know that they didn't know that the vampires were going to attack. Oh, stupid. Because they didn't believe in vampires. Good though, very good, nicely filmed. And that's my review. Tim and I were <laughs> watching
3: them? a trailer for Dead Snow the other day. Well, Dead, Dead Snow, Snow is Snow. a um, uh, god. Is it Icelandic or Swedish? Norwegian. Norwegian thank you. A Norwegian film about a bunch of kids go to go do lurk around in the snow on the mountains, and they meet a creepy old dude there, and he's like, there was some some messed up shit happening in these mountains back in the day. But I, in Norwegian? In Norwegian, yeah. yeah like, he's like, I don't, I don't recommend, he said, you guys come up here as a monkey around. How it's, old are these
0: kids? I don't know. Oh. Seven. Late teens, early Late, 20s? Yeah, okay. early 20s. Oh, okay. I'm calling the kids because I'm an old man. So, Eight or nine, yeah, <laughs> a really nice taste. Bill, he's
3: like, you know, this these for these people, you know, this is a bad place. You don't want to be here. You should go because you're not showing. Like, you know, this is this is a bad place. And then the kids are all like, "Silly old man, silly <laughs> old fool." Uh, what, 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 what can he possibly tell us that we don't know? Sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> the sun sets. And out come the Nazi zombies. Yay! <laughs> Are you joking? In full Nazi in, in regalia. In full uniform. <laughs> and they run, they sprint, and they salute Hitler.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds it, brilliant. That sounds like a strong film. Nazi
3: zombies. And so the kids take them on with axes, ice axes, on snowboards, on, on uh, skidoos, and uh, <laughs> with chainsaws. Yeah. To, the, to um, Ode to Joy, to the, 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 the music Ode to Joy, which I want to know from Blake, That's from... Cool. Um, Die Hard.
2: What's happened to old Rainy Woods? It's gone, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's gone yeah. very quiet.
0: It's a good name, though. It'll rainy always be. I'll always have a special place in my heart for being called Rainy Woods. <laughs> yeah, right. There's these, there's these woods, right? And they're really rainy. You
1: get really Ooh. disappointed when it finally comes out and it's called <laughs> Destruction or something. Yeah.
0: Well, remember when
3: the film Reindeer Games, yeah, the one with yeah. Ben Affleck, came out in the UK as Deception. <laughs> That's the worst title to any film. <laughs> it's not
0: ever. as bad as *Reindeer Games*, though. That's pretty bad. What's I, mean- I'm sure it has a double meaning. It means like some sort of espionage thing. I haven't seen. It's, the it's film. an it's American expression, yeah. yeah. More,
3: more than anything, *Reindeer Games*. Yeah, um, truly awful film. Truly awful title on both sides of the, uh, the sea.
0: What have you been up to then? Ah, oh, you know, bit of *Reindeer Games*, isn't it? <laughs>
3: What's the? Um, you'll know this. What's the name of the Richard Curtis film that's coming out?
1: The love bo- boat. Oh. rock boat. The boat that the rocked. Rock boat. Yeah. yeah. And I'm probably the only person here who's really looking forward to it. I, I, I hate Richard Curtis. Well, He's you smug, know, isn't there's a lot of things to dislike about him.
0: But, a- anything, uh, anyone who made um, Love Actually. Anyone <laughs> oh, who had anything to do with Love Actually. Yeah, but he
1: also made The Tall Guy, which is better than any of his other movies. Love Actually, gem. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I, I only anything,
0: that he, anything good he may
1: have done in his life. Wasn't that film about three hours long, anyway? I just remember putting it on Wait, and going what off to doing saying, stuff. Essentially, it's, it's kind
3: of like... Look, you know, Hitler, he, uh, he, uh, he started the German economy. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great, he started the German economy. but no, then, no, no. But no. then there was that whole Second World War thing and the Holocaust thing. Yeah.
1: Hey, come on, Blackadder makes up for more than that. He could make crap films, well, he will make crap films for the whole rest of his life. He's still made Blackadder, so... <laughs> yeah, bl-
3: Blackadder is a good show. Well, three series of Blackadder. Yeah, but, but
0: the show. thing is, with the, yeah, that's right. The, mm-hmm. You're talking about the first ones a load of old... I'm
3: talking about, yeah, the first series I think, is so different to the
0: other Yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around the first one, and... And didn't find it at all. That's funny. That's because um,
3: Jim's favourite comedian, Ben uh, Elton, was uh, contributing on the
0: uh, on the other ones. On yeah. the other ones, yeah, yeah. Made Every- it much more funny.
3: Everyone's favourite comedian,
1: <laughs> apart from Jim Davidson <laughs> <laughs> or Alan Carr. <laughs> I guess I was the only person who watched Comic Relief as well the other day. No, um, yeah, I didn't it was watch just it. Like, it's an <laughs> interesting point. But ten thirty-eight PM, Richard Curtis must have decided that everyone in the country has just got to switch off, just like that. He got Alan Carr and Fern Britton in to present like three hours Fern of the Brin show. Or Fern, Fern Britton? What the? There's Fern Britton's the, or Fern the funny. No, Fern Britton. Fern Britton. The one from the this Big Lance from the Vita adverts, yes. I'll be damned. Her and Alan Carr. And for like three hours. And that was it. I gave up. I've, I've watched Current <laughs> Relief since I was like seven and watched it all the way through, staying up late. I just switched Jim right likes
3: himself a bit of comedy, we'll say that for our listeners who don't know. And back in the day, I remember watching Comic Relief and it was like, <coughs> like I'm a lump. on it was like, it was Griffith Jones and Lenny Henry and, you know, basically comedians you recognise sitting on a panel just hosting it for the whole night. It was about comedy,
1: basically. Yeah, and
3: about poor children, obviously, Jim. Don't forget yeah. the poor
1: children. Oh, I forgot them. Yeah. I should have given some money. <laughs> yeah, maybe I did, if it, maybe I if it was funnier. You would have money. given
3: some money, but as we, but instead they had for in Britain and uh, Alan Carr they had to, to pay out. I, on on the I show. did ask
1: for my money back at that point. So <laughs> it was a bit late.
3: Yeah, you got you know, just pry the pry the rice out of that poor child's mouth.
1: Yeah, I tried to. I phoned up Stella McCartney. Tried to give him a T-shirt back, but no, no <gasps> they'd already paid for some malaria nets.
3: So this is like I remember what you were saying about how you know, it's not about comedy anymore, and I was like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And sure enough, it did matter. When I turned on the TV, <laughs> and it was David Tennant. Yeah, and was it firm cotton? No, no Davina McCall, ma- bloody cool.
1: What? I mean, Davina McCall
3: and David. David <laughs> Tennant's not a host.
1: I know, I know. It's just, it's just the the line between that and Children in Need is now just atom thin. It's just, but it's it's about m- making money, isn't at it? Least it's not have, about at least being you have tail on. It's like home, most comedy isn't? these days. It's not about being funny. It's about being cool and getting the kids watching. The <laughs> there we go on that <laughs> curmudgeonly <laughs> oh, old-fashioned. <laughs> note Jim brought his
3: ukulele into the office the other day
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't I bought it it was brand new I wouldn't have bought I wouldn't brought, have brought one in he, delivery for you he all he brought it mock. in
3: specially to show us it was like a toy day you know when it, the last day of school when you can yeah. bring in your like your like Sabutio <laughs> and your Kaplunk or your calculator I do not remember and, that and, and your Hero Quest
0: they didn't do that in school when he left last year <laughs> So we got so extra Jim, maths So Jim brought in like his ukulele
3: so. Did you um, When you were at school Did you guys have mufti days? Yeah What's yeah. a mufti day? Mufti days where you get to wear You don't have to wear your school uniform You yeah. get to wear what you want well, It was usually quite oh, relief Yeah <laughs> You have
2: to like pay a quid or whatever
3: What did you guys wear on your mufti days? Just normal Jeans, jeans, te- jeans. Te- Mankini well. yeah. There was always one person at the school Who made a mistake <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was always one kid at school who thought, you know, here's my chance to be daring. Here's my chance to really <laughs> express myself. And I would come in in like some kind of suit with, with you know, like. Melanie Griffiths and working girl shoulder pads in
2: you know <laughs> <laughs> I remember in primary school where my boy came in dressed as a girl
3: oh, oh no <laughs> rather missing the point that happened at our school where two boys came in and they were like just wearing a dress their mum's dresses they were like <laughs> let's just do it we can wear whatever we want today just one of us got sent home in a, in a display oh, no. in a display of well this podcast is Nazi heavy Nazi-esque um, you know of fascism they were sent home and told to change into something more befitting the, the spirit of Mufti Day
0: so they changed into a short skirt and a blaze <laughs> 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 yeah that's right yeah, there was always yeah you're right they always were, one
3: person who would strike out or yeah. whose mum would dress them on that day <laughs> <You're right. laughs> it would make the mistake of like you know because I was when I was a little kid I was um, I was unlucky enough to have a mum who... Well, I mean, they're not unlucky enough, but lucky enough to have a mum who would dress me smart for school. You know, that's a good thing. No, it's not. It's a good, it's a good thing when the, the, the fellow, fellow mama, your fellow parents are like, oh, your son's so smart. In his shirt and his trousers and his little jumper, he looks, oh, he looks so smart. I wish my son were that smart. And everyone else is just like jeans, T-shirt, looking at me like... <laughs> all these
1: little six-year-old judging faces. Yeah. Did you carry a briefcase to school? I could imagine that.
3: No, I didn't. I had a luminous green... Bag which was bright green and it was really quite. Cool. I thought it was real cool because it was luminous. It was like because you know when you're, cool, when you're a kid you think luminous stuff is like glowing. Oh, yeah. I still do. Yeah, it's just it's some badass shit. And I used to hang it up on a hook, which had a picture of a cat on it,
1: yeah. just in case you couldn't
3: yeah, yeah. read your own name, you'd have a pictures on there. But I could read my own name, because that was another thing my mum thrust upon me.
1: Your name? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Hello, you. <laughs> So what else we've we been playing? Then let's go back on the games, really. Oh, yeah, we? Video games. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, we've had Velvet Assassin in the office. Oh we've yeah, been playing a bit of Velvet Assassin. It's uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory with a the is, woman, it's, isn't it? It is. It's quite Splinter Cell. Uh, it's nice to play another stealth game because we haven't had too many. And, Mike and once I again, were, Nazis. <laughs> and Nazis. Uh, Mike and I were trying to remember. You know what stealth? What proper stealth games are on the 360? There's where Splinter Cell Double Agent. There's Hitman. Where's what Tenchu Z? Mm. But apart from that, that's. Pretty much it. Yeah,
3: Splinter Cell was always the flag bearer for that, and not having not had a Splinter Cell for a long time, with the next Splinter Cell gonna be very different to the last ones.
2: We are sort of short on shadow stealth games. Yeah, ones where you know you crouch in a darkened corner, you have to watch enemies patrolling, see their pattern, and then like sneak up behind when the opportunity is yeah. there. Of course, even Manhunt Two was a Wii and PS Two exclusive. Yeah, so it's it's nice to play another one. I mean, the quality is. Um, I don't think it will be up there with, say, Splinter Cell Conviction. Um, but it's just or even chaos just, steering or yeah <laughs> but uh it 's just nice to play something different, so I think that's something that 's a a potential highlight on the horizon and by highlight i mean
0: <laughs> low light i mean in,
2: in the middle <laughs> of the summer it might <laughs> be worth a rent line yeah, <laughs> and by
0: low light, I mean light, and by light I mean dark
2: <laughs> that's the one Tim so um so, no, we've been I got a
0: palette. I was looking over your shoulder, and i wasn 't massively convinced by what I was seeing
2: nah no, it's um it's nice just to play something different for a change yeah put it this way I've been playing Eat Lead that morning yeah so uh, (laughs) So any game it's it's a real palate cleanser then yeah Yeah. (laughs) and uh, what else have we got in the office we've got a few things
0: well I guess the big the big thing at this precise moment is the first details about Bioshock 2 what's everyone's take on that excellent well it seems everyone's really into it Really yeah. into it, big time. Well, I've dropped, dropped
2: a bombshell earlier on Tim about the whole Big Daddy thing. Sadly. yeah, that's all right. Because <laughs> the rumor is, obviously, you can play as a Big Daddy. So I piped off, and was like, "Man, that was the worst bit about the original." Not <laughs> realizing that. Tim yeah, hadn't. the
3: escort mission right at the end—that mm. wasn't a good part of the game. No. But um, at the same time, this game is produced by, you know, the guy who designed the very best section of the first game. Yeah it's a and that sort of project alone they're investing is... huge amounts in. I mean, this is, got, there's been a lot of people on the internet saying, oh, you know, why does it even need a sequel? It's, you know, the first one was fine on its own. Well, you know, it, it was fine on its
2: own, but if, if you got a license to print money, you mm. don't give that, you don't hand no. that license over. It was you know? fine. I, I would have liked, I remember when it was all the build up because, um, Bioshock came, came out just, I uh, started on the mag actually. So, um, before then I was just going by, you know what, what was yeah. being written in an Xbox world. And um, I remember originally it was pictures, almost like a, not quite an open world game, but it was very much raptures there for you to explore. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, no, Big was, Dads yeah. and Little Sisters would roam about and but, like, you might find them on this level, you might find them on another level. And it just, it wasn't quite I, that.
3: I kind of think that was part of a, that was a deliberate thing on their part. Trying to convince people that it was an open world thing, yeah. only to, for when you play it, for the, the big reveal to be that it's not. I think that was part of it. I think the part of the hype that was going to be like this big open thing where you had all these choices was simply there to make it all the more effective when you get to that point in the game where you realize you never had any choices whatsoever. I think you know, the hype that surrounded the game was as much a part of, as much a part of, you know, setting the scene for that big reveal as the actual game itself. Yeah. And when it comes to this sequel, Actually, of course, as we understand it, you know, you're going to be playing as a big daddy, you get to use all of the, uh, all of these parts, all of these different tools that the big daddy's used in the first game. You'll be constantly hunted by the big sister, which is always scary in games. Anyone who's played Resident Evil 3 knows how scary it is being hunted by something that's totally unstoppable. And if you're going to have a sequel, which we are, then you couldn't ask for a better team to be working on it. You really couldn't. So... I think it's kind of naive for people to be saying online that, oh, yeah, we really didn't need a sequel. Well, you know, we probably didn't, but Take-Two do. Yeah.
0: The and thing is, at least
3: they've put a good team on it. They haven't exactly. formed it out to a bunch of fools.
0: Yeah, exactly. The thing is, is I mean, anyone... Sorry, you were saying, Mike. you know, I mean, anyone who believes that, that Bioshock was never going to get a sequel is so naive, it's unbelievable. I mean, the first game sold, what, three million copies, I think?
3: It was released exactly in the right time. It was uh, It had just the right amount of hype. I mean... If that game had been released a month later and gone up against Halo Three, it would have sank without trace. But it was just yeah. timed right, and it hit. It just hit this critical mass at the exact right time, and that took an amazing word of mouth. And it just it'd be, it created. I mean, it's probably the biggest new franchise of this generation.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I, as everyone is well documented, I haven't finished Bioshock. I probably never will, actually. Now, but um, but uh, you know, the the, the time I've spent in it, I, I love the. I think the World of Rapture is brilliant, and actually, I'd quite enjoy the chance to spend some more time in it and see what's, you know, I'm actually well, re- the point, I'm actually it? really pleased that they're setting it in, in Rapture mm-hmm. and it's not some sort of new place or it's, well, we're presuming it's set in Rapture. You don't want to like pull it. like a
3: Jurassic Park Lost World style Site B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. It, always, it just always feels a little bit bogus yeah, when you do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, I think it could be, I think it'd be quite exciting and I think it's, you know, like you say, Mike, I mean, they've got the, they've got very good people in charge of it. And uh, isn't it supposed to be the fir- the very first Big the Daddy? The original Big Daddy,
3: which I would presume means you're some sort of prototype, which means you would be lighter on your feet and so yeah. on. it would be really, uh, real yeah. chore tromping around, like, you know, in big old diver's boots.
0: Yeah. But you've got the old drill and the uh, gun and the shoulder charge and stuff, apparently. So... Yeah. Could be good.
3: Yeah, I fancy it. I mean, it's good. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you can, you can, you can piss and moan about a, a sequel which we didn't need
2: all you want, but it's going to be a good game. Yeah. At least I didn't give it to someone who was just known for their baseball
0: games.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's oh. right. God, yeah. who who would do that?
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That would be cra- utterly crazy to do yeah, that. Madness. Um, so, should we go, just go through the issue, palette and then we'll. Yeah, uh, new we'll issue do some is questions.
2: out as we speak. It's on shelves everywhere. Yeah, it's supposed to be out. Oh, uh, sorry, it's, this uh, is yeah, going up out. on Friday. We we're recording this on Monday, and it actually came out a bit early in some shops. Um, prototype on the cover eight page exclusive looking very very good
0: yeah um i can't remember whether we mentioned this last time or not but the guy who went out to see it we, we had some worries about prototype when we first saw it it looked really impressive then it looked slightly less impressive at last year's um, uh, game show in leipzig and then uh, the guy who went to see it for us this this month said that it really is back to looking really good radical sort of spent six months off the radar really doing nothing well, obviously doing something but certainly showing nothing of the game and not even talking about it in any regard and uh, they've come back with a much stronger leaner sort of uh if it's possible even bloodier game than before and uh, it's certain this is like this is like probably the most violent game on 360 i mean it's astonishingly aggressive yeah, it's mad world violent yeah you can sort of do um i mean you can lay waste to to whole crowds of people you can he's got a new kind of like his arm develops in like this slingshot kind of thing. It's like this razor sharp kind of slingshot thing that you can swipe across a group of uh, a group of passers by and slice them all in half, so that all that's left is their is the bottom half of their bodies. So it's um, it's pretty violent. Um, but it's got a kind of I know it sounds ridiculous within the context of having just said that, but it's got a kind of like fun slant to it as well. I think there's going to be a real sort of crackdown vibe, crackdown vibe to it where you can kind of. Just go and bounce around the city and kind of like, you know, sort of just have fun with the environment and like leap tall buildings in a single band. You can stay airborne for a while now. He's got like a kind of flying squirrel kind of uh, (laughs) dynamic to him where you can jump off a a skyscraper and kind of swoop down. But anyway, it's all in the mag. It's eight pages of really hyper detailed stuff and it's really worth a read because their prototype is looking very, very impressive now. So
2: we've got that. We've got um, first looks at Dead Rising Two, uh, Lost Planet Two, at uh, Mass Effect Two, lots of twos. uh Alien vs Predator, the new 360 game. Yeah. Um, I went over to, down to Brighton to BlackRock Studios to take a look at Split Second.
3: Yeah, people will be hearing quite a lot about that online. <laughs> which means
2: the guys, obviously, who made Pure. Um, well, to be um, to get it just right. And um, there were two teams <coughs> at Brighton. Uh, one of them worked on pure one of them worked on split second obviously they share a lot of team members um interesting fact they're not all working on split second right now
0: oh i wonder what they're (laughs) working on i wonder
2: um we've got looks at uh, just cause 2 we've been on that um terminator salvation lots and lots and lots of um good games coming out later on in the year we've also got a few features in this issue Strong features across type. the board. Yeah, we we got our, no very, our very own Nordic person to do a feature on Nordic Games. If if you want people to see you know on, on Nordic Games, you need to get someone out there because yeah. they know their stuff. Yeah, and we we got them. you got him to like you know pay a visit to the studios and actually start banging on doors for us.
0: So yeah, I think he's got exclusive interviews at IO, Remedy, Dice, um, Starbreeze. He's got them all basically. And, yeah, all all uh, the
3: major players in Nordic world. And make no mistake that. That's the, idea. the Nordic region. Is where some of the best
2: games in the world are coming from
0: right now. Yeah, absolutely. They've got some
2: interesting buildings like this one here. The stairs look like they're going round the side of yeah, the building. Yeah, they've got some
0: them. crazy buildings. And I, I was saying to Mike the other day, the old um, the old red brick mini scraper from uh, from Star that Starbreeze live in. Check it out.
3: What's that? Matt's just going to flick to it now and just leave dead air, so I'll keep talking. Hey. There's something about um, the architecture over there. It's wonderfully minimalist, and, and just in, the spaces are fantastic. Inside. It makes me very sad that, to look at the offices we're working in. Yeah. We're recording on a very warm day today. Sun's finally got his hat on. Hip, 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 Hooray. And sure enough, the, uh, the temperature heating
2: in future is still set for dead of winter. <laughs>
0: That's right, yeah. So,
2: so we're, we're all just melting at our desk.
3: Absolutely
0: boiling. i tell you what
2: I really love. I love the fact that if we want to change the temperature in the building, they have to go get someone in Bristol to yeah. change it, which won't take effect until the following day. That's good, I and didn't just
1: know that. But you did work for Future Publishing when we actually worked above a Chinese restaurant, yeah. so it's a bit of a step up
0: still. The, the, for the people who don't know the geography of the West Country, Bristol's what, 11 miles away?
3: Uh, I yeah. cycle every day. If, if you're talking central Bristol, it's 13. Yeah. So Michael, it's, good that gone that gone it's, back it's good that
0: the, the AC's 13 miles away.
2: Yeah, I should have just cycled back to Bristol and got and to flick that switch. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> t- down, guys. Um, what else have we got? We've got a Hitman feature, which is a look at um, games that made companies. Such as you know, Bungie before Halo, and of course we're not saying different.
3: that you know Halo was the first game Bungie made. No, they But made it's Ony. like Halo made them superstars. Yeah, it's the games that made these companies superstars. Like Marathon was huge. Uh, you know, Myth was huge, but it was it was uh, Halo which made them the superstars.
2: Uh, we've got a load of reviews, um, a couple of first and a lot of uh, strong numbers
3: on
0: those <laughs> Yeah, <reviews laughs> what uh, what player. is our average review score this? Uh, I this think issue it's about like fifty-one point six. Yeah, so Fif-
1: was was fifty-one.
2: No, we've got a we've got a few, few sixties. Few Quite uh, a few
0: stinko games. <coughs> I'd have thought games. it
1: was Fiddy Cent bringing up the average.
2: Well, it's actually Sega Mega Drive Ultimate. It should bring it up the average. The nah, 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 <laughs> that ain't even a game. Yeah. Um, I play. A few stinkers like Shell Shark, uh, <coughs> um, X blades bringing X-Blades. down the average. So, um, so yeah, uh, a few mixed reviews in there. We've also got a real big, uh, real good feature on Splinter Cell Multiplayer by Mr. Yeah, Mark this is Gaffer. the
3: feature I've been wanting to write for a very, very long time. I was always struggling to get Ubisoft on board for it, but um, sure enough, lately uh, we've been able to put to put a little thing together. We, so we got to get to, we managed to track down the lead designer on Splinter Cell's multiplayer modes, um, who's you know it's a hard guy to track down because the Anstee Studio are not working on Splinter Cell anymore, but we managed to track him down and I had a chat with him. Massive interview. Massive chat really going in depth on you know what made the game so great. And make no mistake, had it been more accessible, Splinter Cell versus would have been the best multiplayer game ever made. As it stands, it's probably one of the best multiplayer games of the last generation. It still stands up rock solid to this day. Um, you know, the fact that it's not in widescreen aside. And in this, you know, it's running in low resolution on your telly, that, those small things aside, it's one of the best multiplayer games you'll ever play. Even if you don't play it, there's a lot to read and a lot to be interested about there because it sort of really looks at how hard it is to design uh, a multiplayer game, particularly when the two sides have nothing in common with one another, when they're, when they're completely different. That's a massive design challenge.
2: And uh, they're, um, Matt's laughing. Matt's, Matt's sitting here smirking. I'm just looking at some of the questions we've got coming up. Don't don't mind me.
0: Just to say on that on that note, though, Mike, it's a great feature. People should definitely seek it out because he's so brutally honest about about. Incredibly
3: the- honest, yeah. I mean, he's talking about, yeah, you know, we made some serious serious mistakes, and he also talks about versions of Splinter Cell with the multiplayer which don't exist. They they actually pitched a version of the third Splinter Cell multiplayer game, which would have been shipping with Double Agent which was rejected by Ubisoft's management and so on. We've also got concept art from the very earliest days of the multiplayer game, which no one's seen. We've got um, screenshots from the very earliest builds in which no one's seen. So if you're interested, if you ever play Splinter Zell, you're going to want to see this. If you're interested in level design, you're going to want to see this. And if you're interested in developers who are just talking frankly about what it's like working on a really complicated project, then this is a feature for you. And I think we're all pretty pleased with it.
0: Yeah. So let's have those questions then. Matt's still then. smirking like a fool. Okay,
2: um, well, first of all, we've got... Uh, I'll just do you a couple. Of them. I'll pass them over. Got Before a, you do that, hang on a second. I was looking at our
3: forums today, and there was a, there was a new, uh, a new <coughs> poll on there saying, who's your favourite Xbox World personality? Do you know who's winning? Another one? Yeah. Well, we already sure. had one but of it, I now, already now won little, that one. Now that, now that Rob's <laughs> dead, we had to do another oh, one. God. So um, who's winning? Well, one for Tim. One for Tim. One for Mike. No, two for Mike. Oh, I picked up another vote. Himself. No, I, I actually voted for the guy who's leading. Oh, right. uh, so I, I managed to pick up another vote. One for me. I,
2: well, I thought it was two when I saw I it. thought it was two for you, Pallet. Oh, I voted the second one for me. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. did. <laughs> so it was Sorry, one for me. Uh, one well, for Gem, I sweat. think.
3: And uh, 12 oh, votes for Matt Castle. from Matt Ca- <laughs> Endgame was <included> Matt <laughs> <you>. Castle. <laughs> 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 you Including
2: you, me, I voted for Endgame was Matt Castle because he is he's skittish, like a gazelle. But Matt fessed up. I... I fronted him this morning. He basically said on their website, on the Endgamer website, they're getting their formats to come over to ours uh, and vote. There's a Behind thread, enemy lines. There, there's a thread on the Endgamer website. So I think what we should do, we should set up on their forum, who's your favourite Endgamer personality? You just have us four. All vote for John
1: Strike.
3: Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just dish it out. We'll have to, we'll have to take some revenge against it's yeah. right. Yeah. And if you Maxine want to see Wars. some of the hilarious banter that goes on between Endgamer and Xbox World mm. and... PSM 3, subscribe to us on Twitter. And subscribe to them too, because they need, you know,
2: they need people to watch them. Well, we got 400 and... 400 and um, something. We're taking it like to 16. the map.
0: Whereas, whereas our fellow magazines sitting next to us have got a pitiful 100. Well, Megan, we've got a pitiful 170. Something, or something. like that.
2: Well, they're, what they're not doing is, like, when they hit 500, if... Um, we're gi- well, we're, when we do, we're giving away
0: lots of prizes. I don't know about lots, but we're not giving away
2: lots
3: of prizes. We're giving away some prizes. Seven hundred or eight hundred. Well, basically, when we hit the five hundred mark, we'll pick a couple of names off of the uh, off of the five hundred on Twitter, not including Matthew Pellet, and uh, dish out some t-shirts, some you know free promotional swag. We'll bounce some stuff out to you guys, and probably again for a thousand. So keep joining. Oh, speak for yourself, Pellet. Maybe you maybe you want to
2: start digging digging into your pocket and buying buying our readers some stuff. No, don't like that.
0: (laughs) Right, let's have some questions then. Okay,
2: Benjamin3 wants to know, um, well, he said, uh, "Oh, I'd chat to your friend's request to compare gamer scores, but when I saw your unfeasibly large one, I'm somewhat intimidated. (laughs) Oh, He's he's
3: intimidated by your unfeasibly
2: large one. What could I say?
1: Well, that's why I'm engaged. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's not even a question. That's just something that you it out so you could read so, out. On so the you podcast. could just
3: do a to so see you could do a cheap penis gag, <laughs> which
1: is exactly the same gag at the start of Eat Lead that made that was, us all groan. That was, pretty much.
2: That's what I was going to
3: go for. Oh, that was sorry. the
1: whole thing.
2: that, that is a gag stolen straight yeah. from Eat Lead. Oh dear! That brilliant, brilliant comedy game that everybody Cavalcade should run out of hilarity and not buy. Um, right, Jem, do you want to read out the question? Okay. Uh,
3: as James McAvoy, as fake, fake James McAvoy. McAvoy.
1: Okay, Doctor Monkey. Okay. As developers refuse to stop making RTS games for the Xbox that are unplayable, <laughs> do you think that they should make an RTS-specific peripheral, or is reinventing the genre the way forward? Like a mouse. Well, the, yeah. the,
3: the peripheral would have been the motion controller. Mm. But uh, I think it's, it's plain that any plan, plans Microsoft have for a motion controller have been put on the back burner at this mm. point. The, of course, the, you know, if you have a high-res console, a capable console, like the 360 And a pointy controller Which works like the Wii one Grouping units And sending them off To do their own thing Would be you know, fairly easy As it stands The controller's just Not up to the job For most games
2: I think, I think the case of Reinvention is the key Like we saw with Endwar yeah. A really really good RTS game Well RTS in inverted commas just, um, That would just Totally change the format
0: I was saying this To, uh, to Andy uh, Hartup Who uh, is one of the guys We use uh, on the writing Side of things Who was uh, reviewing Stormrise for us This month Now Stormrise Without giving too much away is one of the brownest, greyest games I've ever seen in my life. On the one hand, and it's also got some sh- shonky controls, though you wouldn't believe. I said to him, D- "Don't these people, you know, don't these people look at End War and think, now there's the way to do, there's the way to do strategy games on, on a console.'" Command and Conquer and Halo Wars and all those things—they've all tried to do variations on a theme, and none of them have worked. Everything, none of them, not not one of them, has worked. And i well, had
2: say so many as well. Supreme Command. Yeah, and Stormrise
0: doesn't work either. It's
3: just well, because- the interesting thing is, when I was over in Leipzig, I spoke to the Stormrise guys, and they have played uh, Endwar and did nothing but talk smack on it for the well, whole time I was there. They actually
2: came over, and I went down to. Um, well, they, they demoed Stormwise a few months back now. And obviously, the thing is, the the main guy from, from Endwar... Uh, yeah, Michael, Michael did, Placer, yeah. he used to work with the Former Stormwires. Creative yeah. Assembly
3: guy who was brought on by uh, Ubisoft purely because he knows... And, boy, were they
2: looking down their nose at Endwar. Yeah, they were basically saying, oh, con- it's an RTS light. Yeah, their it's contention so-
3: is that it's very basic, very simple, very dumbed down. And <laughs> theirs was much more complicated. To that, I would argue... this. this what I would argue to that is... Mike's
2: it's playable. end
3: war game is playable. You know, <laughs> RTS is playable. Yours isn't. So who looks silly now? Yeah. Um, end war has proven that you know you can do strategy on the console if you redesign it from a core level. And we're hoping to look at it more war in a couple of issues' time, in fact. But if you look at, um, you, know, you can really go in depth on it. Is if a core level end war works, because the core has nothing in common with the traditional yeah. PC RTS, uh, Stormrise. Also, it's very different to traditional PC RTS, and it shares a lot, you know, a lot in common with other console RTS games, like Full Spectrum Warrior and so on, but you're commanding lots more units. And they've with this brand new control system they figured would you know, be completely redefined the way we control real-time strategy games. No, because it doesn't even really change the way we control Stormrise, to be honest. It's very fiddly, very awkward, and no less or more awkward than the system we were already using for Command & Conquer. It's just different. Mm. Nothing wrong with simplifying it, you know, you can simplify it without making it dumb. And that's the thing with M-War, essentially it's rock, paper, scissors at high speed, but the speed's always high enough that it's you're always, you know, left scrambling, you're always, uh, you know, trying to get the right guys in the right place at the right time. And that
2: is almost as much as you can expect from a game which is using a controller. I think developers need to it they accept the fact that consoles and PCs are different pieces of kit. Yeah. I mean, even like the way you play it, like I wouldn't want to play a proper well, game like is, Supreme Commander on the console, or even
3: Total War. There are sit forward games and exactly. there are sit back games. You know, when I when I'm sitting there playing God oh, Mad World, it's just like frantic, smash, 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 smash. You're just sitting back in your chair, just like swinging your arms around. It's great. With Total War, you want that screen right up in your face. You're checking your numbers, you're checking your stats, you're checking your units. You're, you're doing so much. There's a big difference between sit forward gaming and sit back gaming, and Consoles are ideally suited to sit-back gaming. They're not so good at the old sit-forward thing. So if you're going to make an RTS, make sure it takes advantage of everything, right down to the posture that players assume when they're playing it.
1: Go on then, James. Um, I can't do that question, because it's not actually saying what he's talking about. Oh, um, sorry, uh, Resi 4 then. Oh, was it was Resi 4. Resi 4? Yeah. Um, okay.
2: Sorry, I... I I, I copied and pasted some of the questions onto a well. sheet, and I, I cut out some of it. basically wanted to know, after um, playing Resi 5, he wants to know what the best console to play Resi 4 would be. And I'm would assuming be the, Wii, the Wii,
1: but I'm not sure. Yeah, I would Wii absolutely version. play
2: it on the Wii. The Wii version's great. I mean, the play- PlayStation 2... PC version version's good as well. PlayStation is not terrible. You can play it on your PS3 if you have one. Um, the one PlayStation 2,
3: I think I would say,
2: first, t- top of this would be would be Wii. a split between Wii and PC. Avoid the GameCube one because the GameCube one is missing features that were Yeah, but added the features the it's missing aren't too bad and to
3: be honest it looks so much better in the PlayStation 2 one. So it's only missing a couple of guns and uh, one of the mission modes. Uh, to be honest I would rather Isn't have that, the it assignments. That was yeah, yeah, one of them. I would rather have the better looking version because it's just the, the GameCube version just like it looks so much richer and so much better. And then the Wii version and the PC version look better again. Uh, I, I think most of our listeners will have a PC which can run Resident Evil 4, to be honest, on their PC. And if they don't, grab the Wii version because it controls very nicely with the Wii remote.
1: Well, sticking with Resi, um, Resi 5, if we were asked to go to Capcom in the final stages of development for Resi 5 and we were allowed to make whatever changes or additions we wanted before it shipped, what would they be?
0: Go back to the start of development. <laughs> <laughs> and hire Shinji. Set it, it in yeah. Trowbridge. <laughs>
3: right.
2: Okay, um, Killzone 2 is already set in Trowbridge. Oh, but trust me, it looks I, like it. I had a very quick think. I, I know that I've missed some stuff off this list that I jotted down just before I ran out. Um, I had a big old list. I think when I was writing review that I tried to tick off most of them during the review. Um, first thing, well, if if you're gonna make a cut game, make it <clears throat> um, make it obviously it's cut. Like when you when you start Resi, if you want to play a split screen game with someone, you have to set up a single player game, then you have to press like start on the controller again and then go back to the option screen and set up all the equipment. It's not even designed properly for two players. It's a single-player game that just seems to have like co-op chucked in there. Um, so much so that all the all the levels are clearly, clearly designed for single players. There's no flanking but, options, are there? there's no, there's no options mean, for a second player. No, no really exactly, th- apart from bosses. Yeah. Bosses are designed for two players, but um, the levels are designed for single players, apart from like the odd switch that needs two people to to operate. So either make it co-op or make it single player. What I would like to have seen is a single player campaign with maybe a few co-op centric side missions. Mm. That would have been ideal if you're gonna deal with co-op. But um well it didn't end up that way. So make co op work. As I say single player it would be much better if sheva was just gone. Because she is a liability. Yeah. She is absolutely rubbish She, will, make she, her will, good. Get you, she will get you killed for sure. So either get rid of her or make her a good cover system, what the hell were you thinking? We don't want to cover system in resin no. uh, It doesn't belong there. Um, I'm going to say a couple of spoiler things, but I'll save them to the last. I'll give you a big warning if anyone wants to, uh, wants to avoid. Um, I think I think a lot of people, were me included, were disappointed to see how much was stolen from 4, like the animations of the villages and stuff. Just directly ripped. Yeah,
3: this is... Uh, well, you know, it's, been, it's been a number of years and technology's moved on. We, we needed new mo and... Would it really hurt to you know to come up with more unique ideas that are unique
2: to Resident Evil Five? So, don't copy Resident Four as much. Um, I would like to have seen more areas set in rural locations, like the the third. It's very chapter, industrial, isn't it? Very much so, especially towards the end of the game as well. Really, really, it, it, I just don't think it works very nicely. in In the middle, in the third chapter, you've got the whole th- um, like the uh, the swamp section, which works really well. It's mm. a big open area where you're on a boat, you're travelling to various little huts all around this lake, and it's the only time in the game where you've got this massive area which looks totally unlike anywhere else.
0: Do you know what I it's think? Awesome. I think that they... When they first showed that village level, way back when, whenever it was, two years ago, whatever it was, there was such an adverse reaction to it that I think they toned down the uh, the whole African thing mm. in favour of the... Are we allowed to talk about the ending? You know, like the industri- more industrial-like locations of the ending. I think it was just a, a safe, safe face thing.
3: I think I might. I think that's quite, quite plausible.
0: I, I just think that you know they, the because the re- reaction to it was vociferous. I mean, it was like it was very.
3: I think a lot of people came out and said, quite rightly, that it could be taken the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and no, I think I don't think anybody ever sat there and said Capcom are racist. But what no. they did do is say. This plays upon certain themes that some might not appreciate. Yeah, it's
2: just a bit and naive. and it
3: undeniably does. I mean, you could, it isn't a racist game, and you can't say it is, but there is, you could you could make a good case. You could make a strong case. Uh, I don't think anyone at uh, Capcom HQ is sitting there saying, "Oh, yeah, we need to we need to put a bit more hatred in this game." No one ever did that. I think what what the game does is play upon certain themes, you know, fear of just fear of things that are different. And, I mean, that's one thing that Resident Evil you did almost effortlessly, was it put you in this village where everything was so perfectly hostile. Mm. Right down to, like, everywhere you look, there's nettles and horrible brambles. Like, you know, you look around, there's nettles everywhere, and all the, all the forest is dry and lifeless. Before you even get, you even meet people in that game, the, the the world is a hostile place, you know, and there's nothing you want to touch, nothing you want to put your hands on. We're it's back all... to
1: Trowbridge again, aren't
3: we? <laughs> <laughs> it's all just dirty and grimy and covered in nettles and thorns. It's just an unpleasant place to be. And I think Resi 4 is trying to do the same thing, just make yeah. this place this unpleasant, a place you don't want to be. Unfortunately, that means, you end up taking a place where it's a black village uh, filled with African people and making them hostile, even before it's revealed they're infected, they're hostile. They're sort of, you know, yeah. they, they look at you with suspicion. It's, it's perhaps
2: a, a bad think, way of I presenting it. The thing with Resi 4 is that they were always hostile towards you, like they were always infected. Whereas Resi Five, although they are infected, there was there's that moment up until they're kinda instructed to attack you where they're just being like just just mean and beating people up and very aggressive. But not towards you, they'll they'll stand and they'll stare you out.
0: I I actually think that I actually think the um the idea of setting it in in Africa is, is actually quite a good one because it's the birth of you quite know much, though, yeah. uh, but also I think you know when you when you have been to Africa as I've been lucky enough to in the past it's it's a very it's quite a culture shock for people who are from from this part of the world you know you go there and it is such a very 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 different place and I think that it is a it was an opportunity for them to I agree with Mike I think it was a real opportunity to kind of for them to explore that kind of area you know where you go into a a new, very, very different culture, very, very different environment and stuff, but they just approached it the wrong way. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: it should have had... I mean, certain travel guides give like different locations a culture shock rating. Because culture shock is like a very real thing. You go to a place and it's just like, the culture is so alien, you just have nothing to attach yourself to, you have nothing to relate to there. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what you know, they, they did very well in Resident Evil 4, and did perhaps a little too heavy-handedly in Resident Evil 5. And as a result, got accusations of racism levelled at them, which, as Tim says, may well have led them to bottle out of doing, of really extending the village sections, extending the parts where you're fighting, you know, against essentially, you know, people who've been caught in a really, really bad situation,
2: Mm. but weren't exactly presented as such in the beginning. I think... uh There are too many corridors and not enough like playground areas. You know, large arena type areas where you can get flanking maneuvers and stuff. I would like to have seen um, a flip of that. Far less corridors. Corridors should be linking these playground areas. Yeah, there's nothing less interesting than just an
3: empty long corridor. And we're talking to uh, one of the lead designers on Splinter Cell Conviction back when we saw it when we did the reveal on it a couple of years ago, which worked out really well. You know, for Ubisoft. (laughs) Um, We so we we was chatting to one of the lead designers and he said, you know, so much of what we are doing is taking inspiration from Resident Evil Four. And to have that structure where it's a path, and then it opens, and then it closes back to a path, and then it opens again, and it closes back to a path, and it just keeps on closing and opening and closing. So you always, you always know where you're going. You're always following one route. But when you get to a certain section, you get to improvise within that area. And then you're onto to the next section, and it's straight again. And then you get to improvise once again onto the next open section. And there's not enough of those open sections in Resident Evil 5. There's too many of those corridors. And it doesn't do the corridors as well as Resident Evil 4.
2: I don't think that, that they had any confidence in their characters either. Such, like the executioner guy who we saw for ages. Mm. Was the, executioner the guy with all the nails banged on him. With all the nails, with big axe. He appears right at the start. And, okay, from now on it's going to be spoilers. Um, so just give yourselves five Tune minutes if you don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and then he's dead straight away. And they just revert to the chainsaw guy. And from then on, like, the, the sub-boss throughout the game is the chainsaw guy. The Executioner's a a great character. I mean, he's a really good villain. It's one that they came up with, but instead they defaulted back to Resi 4's. Their version of Dr. Salvador. Um, And then, continuing the spoiler line, um, I think the whole thing with Jill is preposterous. The way she's introduced a stupid explanation for her and the other thing is, is I mean you
0: knew from the start it was her I mean even yeah. if you don't even if uh, they didn't reveal it obviously but, but they
2: don't reveal it until the end of the fifth chapter
0: like it's some teasing it all the way yeah one. like it's some massive reveal when anyone with any sort of resin knowledge even vague resin knowledge knows it's Jill Valentine yeah. I mean what's the big surprise
2: so that was really not handled very well um, all this teaser, teaser stuff with someone in the tank. They, they should have done someone with Sherry in that yeah. because we all know that Wesker possesses Sherry and that you know she was injected with stuff before so they should have continued that line um, and talking about Wesker, the M with him they should not have done that the whole the whole thing with Wesker I think is preposterous anyway they've turned him from what was a, a cold and calculating killer to a preposterous Devil May Cry style superhuman yeah exactly Billy someone I'd who can like... teleport which is just, that shouldn't Belonging Resident Evil, not some teleporting freak. Is he? Uh,
3: I'm still, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. What I'm not sure if he's supposed to be teleporting or just moving so fast he can't oh, be seen.
2: It's it's a bit of both. I think it's yeah. mostly supposed to be so fast. But, but in the way in, in game, shouldn't. it works as teleporting. Yeah. And they sh- they shouldn't have done that with him. And then the fact that in the end, it was really really bad boss fight. Yeah. Um, with a yeah, terrible so, boulder section. Terrible. If you if you trigger the boulder bold, bit at the start, <laughs> then you'll die. That you'll die. There's no way to get around that. So cheers for getting me stuck on that section for about 45 minutes, Capcom. And uh, and then they kill him off, which is just massively, massively disappointing from a fan's viewpoint. So, endless spoilers, I'm sure people will still be turning this off. Um,
1: so the answer yeah. to the original question was everything.
2: Yeah. Mercenaries, good, that's in. Um, I like the fact that they're patching in... Uh, um, versus multiplayer although I'm not quite sure why it wasn't in there it's, to begin it, but, with but mm. I mean it's
0: almost an uh, admission that they got things wrong with 5 that they're talking about 6 as being a total reboot yeah
2: well b- before it even came out they said that which is just talk about no confidence so um, a lot of things I mean still I mean any game that I'm now playing it for my 6th time it's not a bad game at all I wouldn't be playing it so much if it if it was a bad game but it's just not the game it should have been mm. not the game it could have been
0: any more questions? Uh, yeah. Ooh, let's, right do,
1: let's do one more, then. One more. Well, the last one we know the answers to. <laughs> um, Lord Muttley says... How would Lord Muttley speak? <clears throat> with Cheggen 6 coming, is there still a place for it with Street Fighter 4, etc.? If you could only have one, would it be co-op or? Oh, is, how many? Questions <laughs> three questions. Oh, three questions. Well, I want to do the tech and six one because I've actually got an opinion there. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yes. I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for tech, and I don't. I'm not sure why. I think it's just. It was the beat 'em up of choice when I was at university. It for always drunk was yeah, and shenanigans. T-
3: Tekken's massively accessible, really easy to get into.
1: And Street Fighter IV, you know, this completely different kind of beat em up. Absolutely, different. completely different. But so.
3: also I think what's quite important is that Tekken is rubbish and Street Fighter mm-hmm. is awesome.
1: <clears throat> Yes, well, you would say that, but, and, and I do prefer Street Fighter, but it, they're, they're I, too I had different had a, I had a to lot
3: to like about it. I had a lot to like about Tekken, but Tekken went off the rails a long time ago. The fact that it used to be really, really like, easy to get into, really accessible, now it's a gigantic game with a billion characters, most of which are when clones everyone of thinks other characters. Tekken, I
2: think of Tekken 3, which is PlayStation 1.
3: Yeah. Which says
1: a yeah. lot yeah. about the series. In fact, that's probably the, the kind that I played at university mm-hmm. all the time on, on the um, And we played
3: one. it as well. I was in the sixth one back then. Yeah, we mm-hmm. played it too.
1: Um... I like the silliness, though, and, and the kind of cheesiness at the whole it's,
3: thing. It's, it's like, you know, is there, a, is there room for Halo in a world when COD 4's come out? Well, yeah, mm. there is. is. Is there course. is there room for COD 4 when COD 5's come out? Yeah, well, yeah, there's apparently there still is, because it's still very, very well played. Is there room for Street Fighter when uh, Tekken comes out? Yep, and a lot of people are going to play it, and a lot of people are going to say I'm, I'm wrong for um, not liking Tekken 5 and 6. But uh, and that's okay. I mean, beat-em-up uh, beat fans always have their poison. How much one do game. we
1: know yet about Tekken 6? Because... I think, and it's be quite likely. I think with the we amount of characters, it's in mean, the arcade tour, the right? amount of characters that you have with Tekken Six, um, and the kind of crap they are, you know, like just just chuck an animal head on, on it, here and things like that. And
3: there's nothing. There's no character design worse than Tekken character design.
1: But this is why it would be perfect for character customization because it's so loose, so calibre style, yeah, exactly. And that is what I really, really want from a 360 beat up. When I buy a beat I and, and I know I'm a bit weird in every respect, but I want to be able to design, not just myself as a fighter, but who I'm fighting. Hey. And I want to be able to design Tim perfectly, <laughs> don't do everything he wears, and beat the shit out of him at the, at the end of a long day's work. You'd you never, never do it, Jim. <laughs> oh, I'm just too horrible.
3: hard. He would have you. Yeah. But
1: no, but character customization is so, such a caliber, great thing it It's so it's so well. And of and it course, suit it, Yeah, you
3: can buy costumes for other guys in Street Fighter 4, but they are mm. head-to-toe costumes. And Matt and I were only discussing this morning that the big hope for when they do like a a championship edition or a turbo version or whatever of street mm. fighter they're 4 which they're inevitably going to do what would be to have you know character customization from head to toe yeah so you can change their shoes their trousers their shirt their hat and you know you could back in with virtual fighter 5 has done this as well which i thought afforded this you'd be able to put like some eiffel tower hat on people's heads yeah. and stuff you know just mm. really monkey with them and make them look ridiculous
1: Dressing up in Cammy's outfit.
3: Yeah, this is, this is, you, you could do all this stuff, and if, if Street Fighter is lagging behind in any regard, it's in customization. But I
1: think the way that Tekken has a far more generic 3D next-gen look, obviously Street Fighter yeah, has its own very fantastic striking. style, so you can't really do that. Tekken would be perfect for building a character from scratch, which is the main selling point I'm looking for. I, I don't mind if it's beat-em-up, in, in terms of the actual action, in terms of controls of playing, if it's bog-standard. What interests me is getting together with mates and playing against people there in the room and we've like designed ourselves. And that's ourselves.
3: what fighting games are all about, getting, yeah. you know, getting friends together. So whatever brings them together, I'm fully behind. Yeah. If, you, if it comes down to customization, creating your own guys, brilliant. Wrestling games have been doing it for years and for me that's always been the most fun, yeah. fun part of them. Whatever gets people playing fighting games... Just bring them in, whatever it takes.
1: And, is that, and just look at what it's up against in terms of, apart from Street Fighter 4, yeah. which is its own... It stands Warcraft alone. It completely stands alone. What's it up against? Well, Dead or Alive? Virtual Fighter Four, Virtual Fighter 5. Yeah.
0: It's got some heavyweight
3: competition. Seriously heavyweight names, of which Tekken is probably the lightest of the lot. I mean, mm. in terms of public perception these days, and in terms of like you know the hardcore perception, and even, even in Dead terms of and, and critical every reception... Every yeah. Like, yeah, I guess the two lightest of the lightweights would be Tekken and Dead or Alive. Mm. It'd be
2: like Street Fighter,
3: Virtue Fighter, Soul yeah. Caliber. Soul Caliber. maybe Rumble more Roses for... Roses in this? Oh. Soul Calibur is Waves kind of, is yeah, the we're, we're <laughs> going to get into it. This could be a really long debate, so let's not do it. But there's a lot of, like, these days with fighting games, there's only room for heavyweights. There's mm. only room for the best of the best. Which is
2: why, like, Battle Fantasia is just...
3: Exactly, poor old Battle here. Fantasia suffers. I mean, this year you've got King of Fighters coming out as well, and Blazblue, which is like the unofficial follow-up to Guilty Gear, both of which look absolutely beautiful. And you're going to have releasing Tekken into the same market as those, around about the same time. I mean it's, it's a great year for fighting game fans so don't forget
2: that. Mortal Kombat <laughs> <laughs>
1: forget that one sold one million copies <laughs> so, so the answer to the question is yes yeah, you,
2: you can't you can't Mortal Kombat. If the who's going to pick it up do we think I, think I don't know but whoever picks copies. it
0: up is onto a winner I'm telling you because the one this year was Chateau but it was it still sold a million copies mm. okay at the DC thing as well but I mean even so
3: Mortal Kombat's still a really strong brand really really strong if Midway sell it they'll be selling their one asset their, one, mm. their, their key asset
0: so yeah, there we are. I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast today. Remember to uh, go onto our website, xboxworld360.co.uk and if you aren't already following us on Twitter, make sure you do. us, twitter.com forward slash xboxworld360. Do post your questions on our forum and we'll try and read them out at the next podcast. And until then, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.